1: A serial killer was loose, and investigators had no leads until an alert investigator saw something no one else had seen, a possible fingerprint on the victim's skin. The problem was how to collect it. Texas City, Texas, is one of the largest oil refinery sites in America. The oil business is labor-intensive, which poses its own unique set of problems.
2: We have a large population of contract workers that come in from out of state, all over the country, come in to work at the uh, refinery. And it it greatly impacts the community, the police department, from all facets, traffic and crime and, and things like that.
1: That became all too clear on May 16, 2001. Just after dawn, in the marshland south of the city, municipal workers made a gruesome discovery. They found the bodies of two young women on the edge of a dirt road, about 120 feet apart.
3: The first girl that we came upon was nude except for her shoes, was bound and bloody. The second one was bloody nude.
1: The victim's clothing was scattered near their bodies. The contents of their purses had been strewn about the scene. Forensic investigators estimated they had been dead for less than six hours, making the time of death sometime around midnight.
2: When you saw the first body, the first victim lying there, you could feel the anger that was was carried out that day at least at least i could i, I could feel it it was uh, it was horrific
4: we were dealing with somebody who's had absolutely zero regard for another human being he was just uh, mean and sorry was my first thought
1: the two women were identified as 31 year old Dana Faisal and 32 year old Cammy Kellerman background checks revealed both worked as prostitutes.
4: I do believe that my sister was a manic depressant, and she just couldn't get any help that she needed. So she took towards drugs. She self-medicated herself. And she got on the wrong drug, and it just took her.
1: Dana Faisal's story was similar. She had a lifelong drug problem, and she had been arrested many times by local police.
5: They were both beautiful young ladies, came from very good families, um, had a lot going for them. Um, It was a tragedy.
3: When we got there, we realized the remoteness of that area, and the sagebrush, and the snakes, and the coyotes, and the insects. We couldn't get back in there to check to see if there was another girl. Uh, that had been killed. So the Coast Guard conducted an aerial
1: search. Fortunately, there were no other victims. Investigators looked at how the crimes were committed, hoping to find clues to the killer's identity. In their view, it was a disorganized crime scene, indicating it might be his first murder.
2: Maybe at the time he got caught up in his actions, in my opinion, it was, it was kind of a sloppy scene for somebody uh, to leave so much behind.
1: Near the bodies, investigators found two white washcloths.
3: We thought of, was there DNA on it? Did he put it in her mouth? Did he put some other sort of, of substance on it that would help him achieve his goal of controlling the girl? Investigators also
1: found shattered glass on the ground and embedded in one of the victim's legs.
5: She apparently kicked out the glass to his vehicle and and shattered the window.
1: And there were some beer cans in the area that looked new.
4: We picked up all those beer cans, and certainly you'd always pick up those, hoping you get whatever you get off of them.
1: Investigators collected all of this evidence, not quite sure what, if anything, would help them find the killer. Two young women were murdered in the marshlands of Southeast Texas, and their families wanted answers.
4: I got to say that no matter what they were doing at the time of their death, nobody deserves the way they died, not at
6: all.
1: A criminal profiler gave police a chilling warning. The person who committed these murders would strike again.
5: He, in no uncertain terms, told me that this, this individual is going to produce numerous bodies in this area if you don't stop him and stop him immediately.
1: Just before they were about to take the bodies to the city morgue, an investigator thought he saw something. There was a blood smear on Cammie Kellerman's left thigh, which looked like it contained a fingerprint.
7: Every minute that you wait is, it just goes down. Because we know they're out there in the elements. Between that and the bodies are starting to sweat. You have animals, you have ants. Anything that will start, anything deteriorating.
1: If this was a fingerprint, lifting it would be difficult. Skin is porous and stretches easily things that usually make it impossible to get a usable print.
7: The odds of getting a bloody print on a, an actual body is very slim.
1: The area around the fingerprint was treated with amido black, a chemical that reacts with the proteins in blood. The stain makes a print visible. As in this simulation of a print forming on skin, The amido black enhanced the ridge detail of the fingerprint created in blood.
7: Anytime you have a lot of blood, it will just actually cover up your ridges. So the less blood there is, the better print would be when you do process it with amido black. So the very small places that had just a tiny bit of blood, that's where I got the print.
1: But there was a problem. Investigators couldn't see the print clearly. So they sent it to the FBI in Washington, D.C. FBI image analyst Richard Vorder Brugge scanned the image and examined it digitally on a computer. He immediately saw the problem. The texture of the skin on the victim's leg obscured the
6: fingerprint. There are two different patterns we're dealing with here. You're dealing with the pattern of the fingerprint which is a very specific type of pattern. And then we've got this this texture of the skin that is distinct from the fingerprint. With the
1: aid of the computer, Vorderbrugge had to first identify the victim's skin pattern, then have the computer remove as much of that as possible.
6: It's a trial and error technique. It's not unlike an archeologist using a dental tool to, to scrape away fine pieces. Uh, and leave the artifact intact, as opposed to taking a a pickaxe and just swinging for the fences. The computer helped
1: identify the repeating patterns of the victim's skin.
6: And I can show you how you can get rid of those wavelengths by just sending all of those bright spots to zero.
1: And what was left was the print, presumably, of the killer. All investigators needed now was a suspect's print to compare it to. Meanwhile, another print found at the scene a tire impression had significant potential. It was clearly from the sidewall of a tire.
6: For those conditions to exist, such as the pressure of the tire hitting the side of the mud and the moisture and the type of soil, uh, it was one in a million shot that that actually came out as perfect as it did.
1: It was so perfect that technicians could actually read the brand of the tire.
6: We saw the entire Commander logo on there, which is very, very rare. It was in perfect condition when we we saw it.
1: Casts were made of the print. And when they were examined, marks along the treads showed something unusual.
5: We concluded, with the assistance of the tire manufacturer, that these were snow tires. Well, if you've ever lived in this part of Texas you know we don't need snow tires
1: Investigators worked with the manufacturer to identify where these tires were sold
5: We were able to conclude that these tires were actually sold in a particular area of Colorado. My
2: initial thoughts that day were how in the world are we going to find this person it, it was an England haystack.
0: That's A-N-G-I dot com.
7: The
1: murders of two prostitutes had Texas police believing they were dealing with a potential serial killer.
3: I, I think he's a monster. I think we all realized the magnitude of what we had. And that this was going to happen again if we couldn't solve it.
1: Investigators spoke to other prostitutes in the area hoping one of them might help them.
2: They have a wealth of information of what goes on out there. I mean, if you can get a good rapport with with one of the girls, you'd be surprised at the amount of information. They know everything that goes on in the streets.
1: And that's how they uncovered an important piece of information. Another local prostitute said she was attacked three days before the murders.
4: She had been taken out to the same area, and she had been treated in much the same way as we suppose these other girls were treated, other than the fact she was not killed. She said
1: the man tried to tie her hands behind her back with medical tape and gag her with a
2: white rag.
1: Fortunately, she escaped.
2: By the grace of God, she was able to, to get loose or free herself enough. And uh, she, she had the will to survive that night. She had the will to survive. She was able to walk that long, lonely, dark, desolate, scary walk to the highway.
1: She described her assailant as Hispanic in his early 30s with the tattoo of a dagger on his right forearm. And he was driving a white car.
2: She gave us a partial license plate of, of c 41 and three out of six is, is pretty good to, uh, to, to keep an eye out for and look for.
1: Incredibly, she said she kept the washcloth he used to gag her. It was made by the same manufacturer and had the same thread count as the washcloth found at the murder scene.
4: She did everything right. She's pretty street savvy. She has, uh, she's been around. She's been in some uh, situations I would expect she'd been in situations where she depended on her wits and nothing else to uh, save her. Authorities
1: combed the area for a man and a car that fit the woman's description. A check of motor vehicle records indicated there were many white cars with a C41 on the license plate.
3: We picked up several Hispanic males driving a small white car. And they were brought in, we took DNA samples. We took tire pictures of tires, and and we were investigating everything we could. Three days later,
1: Detective Paul Edinburgh was driving into work, and he passed a suspicious-looking car headed out of town.
2: I just happened to look to my right, and there was a, a small, white, four-door car. This one caught my attention, and I saw the first three on the license plate as C41. And and I'm telling you, my heart, I think, stopped beating. Edinburgh
1: pulled the car over. The driver was 30-year-old Jose Castellon, an orderly at a local nursing home. And I saw the form
2: with a tattoo of a dagger on there. And I I was, two or three seconds, I was, I was speechless. Because what's going through my mind now is this is the guy that everybody's been talking about.
1: Interestingly, Castellon's stepfather was a Texas police officer. Castillon's only previous brush with the law was a misdemeanor conviction for which he served no time in jail. When questioned, Castillon denied any involvement in the murders. Employment and motor vehicle records showed Castillon had recently moved to Texas from Colorado and bought a set of Commander brand snow tires when he was there. These were similar to the impressions found at the crime scene.
6: We saw a lot of uniformity between the tire impressions of the defendant's vehicle to the actual cast that we had taken from the crime scene, Uh, as far as tread design, tread size, um, the logo itself.
1: Investigators noticed the back window of Castellon's car was broken. Pieces of that window were compared to the glass found on the leg of one of the murder victims. The refractive index, a measure of the speed of light as it passes through the glass, was identical in both samples. Finally, investigators compared Castellon's fingerprints to the bloody print found on one victim's leg. It matched the middle
3: finger on his right hand. It was a huge moment. It it was the definitive moment in, we've got a very, very good case. And let's get it to trial. We've got the right man, without a doubt.
1: Two days after the murder of Dana Faisal and Cammie Kellerman, Jose Castellon was arrested and charged with two counts of murder. But prosecutors wanted to know why. Police assumed alcohol was involved, so they analyzed the beer cans found at the crime scene.
5: Through the code on the the beer cans, contacted manufacturer to find out where those beer cans would have been, what lot would they have been sold in, where was that lot sold. They tracked it down to the store.
1: And that store's computerized sales system indicated a man bought the beer on the same night as the murders.
5: They examined their receipts and found that this particular batch of beer was sold at this particular time. And sure enough, he'd written a check for beer.
1: The check was written for $19.68 by Jose Castellón. And what about the white washcloths? Castillon worked at a nursing home that used hundreds of white washcloths every day.
5: They took us back into their laundry area, and we dug through and found washcloths from the same manufacturer, same description, same thread count, same, and so we knew we had a link.
1: Prosecutors believe Castillon probably picked up both victims at the same time. He was drinking and carelessly discarded the beer cans. The bar code proved that Castillon bought them. Apparently, Castillon bound the women with tape and gagged them with washcloths he stole from work. One of the girls kicked the rear windshield and broke it. A shard of glass stuck to her leg. After the murders, when he dragged the women into the grass, he left a bloody fingerprint on Cammie Kellerman's thigh. When he drove away, he left his tire impressions in the soft mud.
4: I can't even begin to imagine. and I really don't want to imagine. They probably went out and decided that they were going to go get high and party a little bit. And she just got in the wrong car.
3: I think they were friends. And at one point, they were picked up together. One saw the horror of the other one dying.
1: Evidence technicians working fast and in difficult conditions performed a minor miracle by retrieving a print from the victim's skin. Later, computer technology enhanced the print and proved Jose Castellón was the killer. The tire impression, too, was an almost perfect specimen.
5: I think that if you tried a 1,000 times to duplicate that tire impression, you could never do it. The circumstances had to be exact.
1: Facing a certain death sentence, Castione agreed to plead guilty to capital murder and kidnapping and was sentenced to life in prison without parole.
5: It was overwhelming. How many people do you think walk in and, and want to plead a two consecutive life sentences if they thought they had a chance?
1: The nature of the crime indicates... He was a serial killer in the making. But the decision to process the crime scene quickly and the technology that helped identify the print provided all the evidence needed to keep him from claiming even more victims.
3: I think the fingerprint with the new science and and with people willing to experiment to get the science where it's accepted in court was, was phenomenal.
6: That's one of the great things about this technology is that it, in this case, it made a piece of evidence that was effectively useless a critical component in the prosecution of this case. If you got a, you know, a fingerprint
4: is accepted in every court in the land as being conclusive, and uh, if you've got a uh, the body of a female out here and has. An individual's fingerprint on her body in blood. I mean, what else can that uh, tell you except that he was there? He has handled that body sometime uh, after there was blood on it.